Welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Alicia. Greatness is a decision and your birthright. You deserve to love the woman looking back at you in the mirror. This show is for the purpose-driven female entrepreneur who is committed to only counting the time she gets back up. The woman who is ready to ignite the flame within, find her voice, and use the power of her story to transform the lives of those around her. This is your weekly fuel to inspire you to action where I'll be sharing inspirational stories, real talks with thought leaders and successful entrepreneurs from around the world, and provide you with actionable success strategies for creating a business you love. I'm a content marketing coach, and I'm committed to helping you as an online creator and entrepreneur wherever you are to turn your dreams into a reality, to help you transform your messaging so you can create a genuine connection with your audience and grow your income online. You are far more powerful and stronger than you will ever imagine. We are the warriors. You were born for this. Let's make life your bitch. Welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I am your host, Brittany Alicia, and I'm super excited today because I have Candice Provenzano here with me. She is a massage therapist who has opened her own spa. She has 13 women who work with her, which is very exciting. And she is also the author of her upcoming book called Daddy's Girl. And I'm just really excited to have you here to share your story with us and to help all the women listening you know, it doesn't matter where you are that you can, or what you've been through, that you can go after your dreams as well. So welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. One of the things that I would love for you to do is where does it feel aligned for you? Where does your story begin? Well, um, I had to figure that out um, at Tony Robbins in 2019 um, because I was hellbent on talking about my story in a 10 year little space because I went through a pretty rough marriage and divorce and, um, abuse and all that, you know, goes with, and I was really hell bent on talking about that 10 years of my life until I went there to Tony Robbins and realized that I was obnoxious and I was arrogant to think that I really only had 10 years of life that was there, um, that my life started 47 years ago at the time it was 44, 45 years ago. Um, so I started, you know, from nothing and I had a lot of trouble, um, learning that I was a somebody that I was something. Um, and then going through my marriage and my divorce made it worse. And mm-hmm. I started my growth process after that. And I've been divorced by the way. Um, 13 years. My daughter will be 14. So 13 years. And I was always missing a little puzzle piece. I could only get so far. I would, you know, um, I would make it, I would get back to work. I was, you know, I'd go through therapy and I could just never quite get that, that final puzzle piece until Tony Robbins, which was November of 2019. And, um, my ticket was given to me and I went Mm-hmm. And I came out a completely different human being. Um, I walked on fire. I I let go of anger, hurt, and despair from my ex-husband. I forgave him, which is something I never thought I would do. And I got out of my own way. Mm-hmm. It's very important for me to make people understand that sometimes we are the one that are, we're in our own way. Mm-hmm. You know, we hold on to things. And um, when we do that, we get stuck. 
and we want to blame it on the people that are doing us wrong. But in reality, they've done us wrong and they're no longer doing us wrong. We just hold it and we hold it really tight for security. I'm not really sure why, but um, once you let that go and you start living and you realize that you you are somebody, you are you have a purpose, you are loved by yourself most importantly, because I don't think I ever really did that. Um, hence the book that I'm, you know, at the very tail end of writing, which is Daddy's Girl from Pain to Peace, because there was a lot of pain in my life growing up. And there is no longer any pain in my life. You know, I have um I have done every growth thing you could possibly imagine. If you looked at my bookshelf, it's everything from self-help to you know, everything, everything, psychology books. Um, but where I am now is just light years away from that little girl that um, was hurting so terribly once upon a time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much where my, my, the gist of my story. Yeah. And I like, um, I've been to Tony Robbins, the live events four times, twice I've volunteered. Like I was a crew. And so I actually crewed the New York one where you would have been. And that one was massive. Like there was people sitting on the floor, like they, they totally oversold it. And I don't think they expected to have that many people there, but it was an amazing event. Right. And, you know, there's so much that we can do and really learn from any event that we go to. But I even know for myself, the very first time that I went to Tony Robbins, I when I went there, I really didn't know what to expect. And when, you know, 90% or more of the people raised their hands when he was like, are you an entrepreneur? And I was like looking around and I was like, I used to be like, Shut up. do I need to be an entrepreneur to be here? Like what? Nobody, nobody told me that was in the job description. Like, <laughs> And, right. you know, so the whole entire event, I remember just thinking that I needed to all of a sudden come up with a business plan while I was there because that's what everyone else was doing. But what ended up happening was when I left there, it was kind of like what you shared. It was that I learned how to love myself. And, you know, people have asked me why I go back, you know, I've gone back over and over. And I think for myself, one of the reasons is because every time you go back, you get something different. It's like, when we do read a book, you know, there's things that we miss or, you know, courses that we take where it's something that, you know, when we go back, like you said about your story, all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's more to this than what I first expected or thought. And so I know when it comes to, you know, that little girl that you were telling, like you were mentioning, um, I think so many of us have that within ourselves. And I remember doing a meditation with someone one time and the idea was going back and seeing that little girl. And instead of having her, you know, kicking in you. And that's the reason why, you know, we elicit a lot of the emotions. And when we do act out and we get angry and that kind of thing, I just remember someone like this meditation I did where they actually had her alongside me. And so for me, I always go back to that little girl and hold her hand. And it's like, we get to do life together. And so for yourself, when you talk about you know, because the book is called daddy's girl. So what was the journey that got you 
to where you are today in that regard and deciding to actually go out and write the book and share your story in that degree with the world? Well, um, let's see. Again, I said I was arrogant and I kept talking about my story being that little 10 year period that I was with my husband um, at the time who was, you know, it's a rabbit hole. I won't go down, but it was extremely abusive. And like I said, everything that that entails. And um, I had people talk. It was so bonkers that people would talk about you should write a book oh my goodness and um yeah whatever I this is not something I'm ever gonna do I said to myself um but when I came out of Tony Robbins and I realized because I was calling that my story Mm -hmm. I was actually calling the 10-year period of abuse my story And that's where it became, wait a minute, that's not my story. That's really not my story. Where, how did I get to that 10 year period? Where did that come from? And I started going back and digging and the daddy's girl part is actually an undercover play on words because a lot of the pain came from my father my I have a sibling I have a sibling I no longer have a sibling um my sister passed away but my sister went a completely different route from the abuse and she went through drugs and alcohol and 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 just killed herself basically through this and I held on to a lot of guilt because it wasn't me it happened to her it didn't happen to me kind of a thing because I was actually daddy's girl And she was. So that's where the name actually came from. And a lot of it plays in because the story about my sister and the guilt that I took on of trying to save my sister because I felt guilty. And um, I at one point took on her two children onto my life and into my lap um, when they were taken from her. I was actually the one who took them from her physically from the courts. And it just all the different trauma over the years and how my mother stayed with him forever. She was there until the day he died. He died in 2013. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just realizing that, wow, that little 10 years was not my story. This is my story. And if if I can help anyone read it and not get to that husband or not get to because we take from our childhood whether we like it or not we um I took I have two kids and I'm a firm believer that children do not do what they are told they do what they see and no matter how much I was adamant about not being my mom I turned out to be my mom anyway Mm -hmm. and I found one in the same category And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, how does this work? So that's how the book came about that. This is what I'm going to write. Where you have even omitted the chapter of the 10 years and part because I have a daughter. um, I have full custody of her now, but she's only 14. She's not ready to read that chapter, even though she lived a lot of that chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a contract that says I'm not allowed to talk despairingly. So that's another reason we left out that chapter. And that will be a future book. That Mm -hmm. will be that, that little, that little um, period that I can actually add on to daddy's girl at some point. But there was just so much else to say 
there were so many other things to say to people that, you know, um, you don't, you don't have to live your childhood trauma every day of your life. You don't have to, it took me a lot of years to figure that out. And if anybody reads it early on, hopefully they will figure out before they get to my age that they can change. They can make changes. They don't childhood, what they call them curses, family curses. They call them all these different things. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can make changes. I've made changes with my children. I don't parent my children the way I was parented. So I took a lot of good things from that. So the book is not a Debbie Downer. It's not a poor Candace. It's not a pity party. It's inspirational. It's, you know, um, this is what I did to change things. This is, you know, how I, how I outlook the life, my life now, my outlook on life now. And um, it's, but it's raw. It's real because I think that people need to hear authenticity. Mm -hmm. So there are some things that I've never shared with the world in this book, you know, about my father and things that actually truly happened. And I feel that if you're not authentic, people can tell. Mm -hmm. So it took almost two years to actually write the book because it was emotional. I believe, and, and the, the, the company helping, helping me, um, first of all, I'm not a writer. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. How do I do this? So they have been helping me through every step of the way and writing an emotional story like that and making sure that we don't get me into trouble by mentioning things that I shouldn't be mentioning and um, was difficult. But we are finally getting very close to the end of that editing phase. And and um, it's pretty exciting. I don't know who read it. I don't know how big and published it'll get but I'll take it as far as I can get it. You know, I'm planning on mailing it to tons of people, you know, um, but we'll see what happens with it, you know? And if nothing else, I've gotten therapy, more therapy out of writing it, mm-hmm. more therapy out of writing it. So. Yeah. And, you know, I can totally relate to that. And, you know, many of my clients now have written books and it's as we go through any of that trauma, it really is like it, you know, it's like these, little stepping stones from our childhood. And all of a sudden we're like, how did I get here? And if you're willing to go back and see the whole process as to how you got here and not just that, um, you know, with the women on this podcast, you know, they're entrepreneurs and so many times the journey that they like what got them to where they are today is actually a huge correlation story because it helps people relate to us. And I even know for myself through all the abuse that I went through in past relationships that when I came out the other side and like you said, you know, looking for that missing piece, when my life ended up in a million pieces, I got to put it back together the way I wanted. And there was some pieces I decided to ditch. And I was like, I'm not taking that shit with me. And when I went to Tony Robbins that first time and then learned how to love myself, I know it was, you know, that same sort of thing where you said, you don't know who you're going to help. But I told myself as I started my coaching business that if I could just help one woman go after her dreams, then everything I've ever been through was worth it. Because I just so badly want women to feel like and know that they're enough that they don't have to stay a victim, stay within their stories, but they actually can, exactly. you, like you've already lived it. So you yes. might as well help the world with it. Right. Yes. yes. And you know, what's funny that you say that word victim, 
um, my, my ex used to say to me, you're just playing victim. You're just, she likes to play the victim. And it used to make me really, really angry when he would say that, because I thought to myself, you know, I am the victim. Hello. And then later on, looking back, I was only the victim up into a, a certain point. And then again, like I said, we hold on to that, like some kind of crazy security blanket. And for some strange reason, we're so terrified to let it go that mm -hmm. you keep yourself the victim. Like I was in therapy for years. I used to make jokes that I was going to be a lifer. Mm -hmm. I was just going to keep doing this until I realized that Every time I would tell my story and tell my story, I was solidifying it back into me, telling myself I was still a damn victim. Mm -hmm. I'm not a victim. You're not a victim anymore. You know, I can let that blanket go. And it, it, it's women just don't get that part of it. And it breaks my heart because I still see them to this day from time to time, a person and, you know, they're just holding, they're holding that blanket in front of them, that victim on this, this is me. And this is what has happened to me. And um, even with childhood, I was just talking about this with a girlfriend of mine and this was huge. We were trying to break through cause I've already done it. So we were trying to break through her inner child and you said something a few minutes ago that correlates to this for me, that we sometimes think that the world owes us or our parents owe us what happened to us when we were children. And the fact is, is they can't give us back five years old. They can't mm -hmm. give us back six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So what we learn to do, if you do it right, is we nurture that child inside of us and give them what they weren't given. It's now our job to do it. And mm -hmm. if we learn to do it, we can actually grow and heal that little broken girl. So mm -hmm. that is, that is, you know, um, profound for me, profound because I was able to shed all of that guilt and um, all of those things because, you know, my mom and dad, they can't give me back what's, they didn't do for me or what have you. And I can't be angry because I can only meet my mother still alive. God bless her. I love her, you know, but she, she can't, um, she can only meet me where she can meet me. So mm -hmm. I, I meet her there. I meet her there. Now my sister's gone and my dad is gone and my mother is still here. And we have a better relationship due to the fact that, you know, I got out of my own way. Mm -hmm. yeah. I stopped holding it against her. Yeah. And I think that it's so amazing for women like ourselves, um, our generation, how we are making that decision to make a change. I think there's a lot of, you know, women who are older than us, like our parents who have really struggled to let those things go. And there's so many of us who did experience a lot of trauma as you know, we've been growing up and it's, there's so many of us that I've spoke to who have made that decision. Like that's not going like, that will not be my story. And I will not carry that into my children's life. Like it right. stops with me. Right. And you know, I, and I mean, this is going to be a controversial topic, but um, the very first Tony Robbins I went to was in San Jose and I've been raped 
twice and I was kidnapped um, during one of those times. And Tony Robbins brought up the Me Too movement and it ended up all over social media, of course, and he was told to apologize. And it was one of those things where someone decided to, you know, pull out their phone and record what he was saying without the actual context of everything we had talked about and what got us to that conversation. And I just remember the woman talking about and her talking about that victim. And as a woman who has been kidnapped and raped, I was so insulted by it because there's women who have experienced that like similar traumas who maybe felt the same way she did. But for me, it was very different. And so I was almost triggered the other way because it was like, I'm not a victim. You know, I came here and I learned how to love myself. And that is one of the biggest things. Like I was able to not like, not only forgive him, but forgive myself for putting myself in that situation. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, I played a part in it. I played a part in the choices that I made to get to where I was and the woman I was at that point in my journey. And, you know, it's, it, it allowed me to say like, I'm like, I'm extremely strong for where I've got today. You know, like you said, like, I'm, I'm not a victim. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm a firm believer and you can always come from a place of yourself Mm -hmm. and, small way or a big way. And if you look at every situation that you come in contact with, no matter whether it's an argument with your husband or, you know, something as go from something that small to something as severe, you know, you being able to look at it from a place of yourself will change your entire perspective on life mm-hmm. because and always come from a place of ourselves. And, um, it keeps us from blaming the outside world to regardless of what it is, you know, and that's, that's huge too. You know, that's what I teach my daughter. You know, I teach my, uh, I taught my son the best that I could those things. He's a little, this all kind of happened, trickled. He's going to be 23. He's grown, but he lived through my marriage. You know, he was not, he did not belong. He was a stepchild. My daughter does belong. Um, Again, I have two years custody of her, but, you know, I had to teach my son that, um, and he's still learning a little bit of it. He's still, you know, he's a little struggling, struggle bus. He's a combat medic in the army, freaking amazing human being getting, just went through the special forces training. Like he's amazing. And he helps people for a living. Like what she said, he's a combat medic. But he had to learn that he didn't get there because I was his mother or his dad was his dad. A lot of his pain and the things that he went through during that 10-year period helped get him where he is today. Mm -hmm. So we have to thank all of our beautiful things and we have to thank all of the other things that change us in life because without controversy, there's no growth. Mm-hmm. without you know, these things happening. And um, I, I really, that's another point I'd like to get, you know, across to people in this book, you know, that these things, just because they're happening, they happen to me, doesn't mean that I'm in tears crying over them. I actually am thanking, 
you know, my dad for making me as strong as he did, or this for making my son as strong as it made him, because I'm not, I'm not so arrogant to think that my son would be the crazy, you know, army, uh, special forces right now, because he's got this really cool mom. No, I didn't <laughs> No, 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 no. And I give credit where credit is due, even when it comes to my ex-husband. My ex-husband played a part in that. It wasn't the prettiest part while it was happening, but I know for a fact that he did because my son is a very determined young man and he took all of his pain and he turned it into purpose, which again, from pain to peace, I have turned all of my pain into peace and purpose. And now I'm just running with it. (laughs) I run with my hair on fire, but I'm running with it. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't want by like, like, especially myself sharing what I did. It's not that we're necessarily ignoring or downplaying someone else's part in it, but it comes a point where, you know, that person's not here with me anymore. Like they're not in my life. And so there comes a point where, you know, and I always say it as instead of saying it in a negative way, it's like, I get to make my own choices to, today. You know, it, this is something that I get to do. And mm-hmm. I feel, you know, very empowered for myself. And it's like, you know, we become so proud of ourselves because it it is like we make the choices that we have. And today I'm able to say like, you know, I get to add those things to my toolkit of how I can help someone else. Because I mean, like I said, we've already lived it. We've already learned through it. And we're continue continually growing from that. And if I could help other people, you know, get through those moments that when they're working through their businesses and something comes up, a lot of my clients will reach out to me and it won't even be based on their business necessarily, but it's like, Hey, the shit has hit the fan in my life. And I am struggling to move forward (laughs) in my business. And so I know for yourself, um, before we jumped on, you were talking about your massage business and how it's grown and expanded and how it's really turned into not just yourself and just a, you know, just a spa, but the way that the ladies in there are really healing each other as well. And so I really do think that we attract people like ourselves who we connect with, right? We said like, you are your brand and all that kind of stuff. So um, how, how has that grown and expanded? And like, would you say that with everything you've been through is really the reason why you started that massage business? It could very possibly be that, to be honest with you, the name of my spa is Healing Hands. Mm -hmm. It just, um... I wanted to empower the women that came in because we are an all women owned business with women run. Um, And I did want to get, you know, so I do everything that I do here is to empower them. They get a key to the front door. They get their own business card. They get to run this place as if it were their own, because my, my thought process behind that is I'm not dumb when it comes to some things, you know, I've worked a lot of different places. If you don't keep your employees happy, you know, they're, they're not going to produce for you. So Mm -hmm. I, started with something that simple and but my love for humans in general you know attracted some of the most beautiful ladies you know one of them the other day was having a moment and I believe wholeheartedly in the universe there's probably no one on this planet that could possibly tell me that we are not 
everything is not happening in the way it's supposed to happen. And I had two books in my car that I never carry in my car. Mm -hmm. and she had a moment where she needed to talk and she was talking to me and I sat there and I was like, okay, so I have a couple and I went, they're in my car. They were in my car. One of them is called safe people. And one of them is called boundaries. Mm -hmm. The safe people is my Bible because that started me years ago from a therapist. It was one of the first books they gave me and they were both in my car. And I came back in and I handed her those two books. And I said, you go home and read honey. And that is what this place is about. Like everyone in here from the way I found all my employees, my manager has been with me from the day one. And I found her by accident through her sister at a smoothie place, just chatting, you know, so we've all just sort of attracted each other. We have a team building um, exercise coming up where we're all going to sit down together and we're going to do a vision board for the spa from all of us, all of us together one night with a glass of bottle of wine or what have you. And we're going to make that vision board and it's going to go in the background. It sounds crazy. What does that have to do with a spa? It doesn't, but it's just how everything sort of correlates um, I was telling you at one point, um, before we hopped on here that I'm in this fab 40 thing. Oh my goodness. What is that? It is not about me being fabulous over 40. <laughs> Actually, I've been not to go down a rabbit hole cause I won't, but I just had my breast implants removed because I was very sick for three years. Sick, 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 sick. Cannot possibly explain how sick I was. I took them out. I am better. Every This was only two weeks ago. Every day I get better. My entire staff watched me go through it. They helped me. They they did everything they could to keep things running while I was um, sick or getting surgery or what have you. And the universe handed me that Fab for 40 thing. And it's for breast cancer month as well. It does correlate to breast implants. So I said, heck, I'll run. Why not? You know, mm-hmm. so I did and I'm, I'm doing very well in it and um, I'm doing it for, for a cause. I'm actually doing that because they're, the end result is a two page spread in new beauty magazine where I get to talk about breast implants and how it re- relates to cancer and what happened to me. Cause that's another journey I'm on. Mm-hmm. Um and I get money and what I'm going to be doing with that is opening a non-for-profit charity for women who can't afford to have them out who are sick because I had to pay out of pocket. People mm-hmm. can't get better if they don't have the money to get better. So I'm, you know, I, that fell into my lap. So that correlates with everything that's going on. And through that, just so you understand, since this has happened to me and since I found out a breast, breast implant illness, which was only two months ago. I cannot tell you how many women have been inside the shop with either think they might be sick or are sick mm-hmm. and, or they are, um, had theirs removed. So we do lymphatic drainage. So again, now we're healing people through this side of my thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's all, it just correlates with everything going on right now, which is why I told you earlier, there's a second book. Because the moment I came out of surgery and I was already able to breathe and I was already feeling better, like I put vulnerable pictures up on and on my Instagram and my Facebook so people could understand that this really happened to me. I wasn't out there showing the world, but it did, you know, um, 
we started to outline as soon as this daddy's girl is done, we're going to be doing one on breast implant illness. This one will come out quicker just because it's not emotional. It is very straightforward and black and white. This is what happened. This is why I got breasts all these years ago for the same husband, by the way, that mm -hmm. I went through the horrible time with. You don't, don't alter yourself, women. Don't alter yourself for somebody else's benefit. You know, that's going to be another way for me to give back to the world. So again, as you can see, it's crazy. It all connects together. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I saw this, I'm like, yeah, am I making life my bitch? I really am. <laughs> I really am. You know, at the end of the day, and I'm not arrogant, I'm not narcissistic, but am I? I yeah. I would say I am at this point, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm raising two amazing children. One's a combat medic and my daughter is in a equine vet program at 14. She's volunteering at the animal clinic over here in West Palm. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm making life my bitch one day at a time. <laughs> I just got married, like I said, in July to someone I've been with for eight years who I like to say I shoved enough sunshine up his butt after Tony Robbins that um because he was a little bit of a skeptic <laughs> when I was there. He was, you know, um, but the next thing you know, he was opening up a drone business and now we're on our second drone business. You know, he is, I can't say me. I don't, I really don't, we don't commingle businesses um because we're smarter than that as a couple. <laughs> Not ever a good idea. But um he's amazing. And how that turned around was about, I would say four or five weeks ago, um, I paid it forward for Tony Robbins. Okay. Um, I, as he says, pay it forward. So I, in a roundabout way, paid it forward to my best friend um, a year ago through somebody who gave her a ticket, God bless her heart. And she went. So this year I got a phone call, a couple of, you know, I think it's been two months now, maybe. And she's like, you want to go again? And I'm like, um, yeah. So she's <laughs> like, Let, let's do it. So we got on and we bought tickets and they were two for one and you could, you know, buy for more. And my husband came home and I was like, oh, babe, I forgot to tell you, I did something. I'm going back to Tony Robbins in November. <laughs> and he goes, I want to go. <laughs> So I got back on the phone and I ordered another ticket and I paid it forward again with my own money. And I purchased my ticket for my manager, Stacy. So I'm mm -hmm. taking her with me. And then I called up a couple other people that I was really, I was like, I can't afford two more tickets, but you might want to go under me and I can get you two for one. And they're going with us. So it's all about, you know, the secret to living is giving. Yes. That's doing that's what we're doing and that's where I'm like that's my purpose right now no matter which direction I'm going to give it I'm giving it that's where I'm at so yeah it's been it's a wild ride I'm on it's like a roller coaster some days but it's a beautiful beautiful thing that that's happening and I get to watch because over the years I have I, 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 when I, when I came out of Tony Robbins, it was, people are either going to fall off or follow suit mm -hmm. and people fell off and people followed suit. And then I started recognizing what I needed to, like you said, get rid of. So I did. And I started attracting 
positivity and the same, I wouldn't say the same energy. Cause if you know, when you come out of Tony Robbins for the first time, <laughs> you're on crack. Yeah. You're, on- <laughs> you're like on cloud and nine and people are like, who the fuck is this person? You are you <laughs> telling everybody on the planet that you are writing books and opening businesses. And, you know, at the same time, they're all looking at me going, Oh, that's nice. Candace. So how are you going to do all that? And I'm like, I don't know. But <laughs> three years later, they're all going, wow. How did you do it? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm still looking at them going, I don't know. Someday I don't know why and how and where and what, but it works. And um, I just keep going and I keep getting up and I keep doing and I'm bound and determined to win this contest and open this um this non-for-profit for women. And I told my husband, you know, the way you're going to give back because he wants to is he's a veteran, he's a Marine. And I said, we're going to take, you know, those from your business and we're going to open up a non-for-profit home for homeless veterans. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, we are just pushing this forward as far as the train will take us, you know, and, and whoever's on that ride with us, it's, it's amazing. You know, we've, we've got a lot of really great people around me. I've attracted some really beautiful women. And I can tell you once upon a time, I kind of shied away from women. Like um, mm-hmm. a woman that went through high school, they all know <laughs> that hmm, girls can be mean. Like they kind of, <laughs> kind you of, know, there's some mean girls out there, you know, so I used to kind of like, I had one or two, you know, but I never really realized that me staying shy like that was leaving out a lot of the beautiful people in the world. Mm -hmm. So now I have a circle of women that, oh my goodness, like I could just, I'm blessed every single day for each and every one of them. We hashtag that little red circle on a daily basis all over social media. They're beautiful. There's 20, 30 of them that I would have never thought I would have that many such great human beings that were female, you know, Mm -hmm. not to put females down, but again, females can be feisty, you know, (laughs) so so yeah, we I, I have this amazing network of ladies that are out there killing it. They're out there, you know. My girlfriend that I just mentioned, a uh, shout out to Heather. Heather has got her podcast that we were just on, and it's called the Mantixer. It's a play on words. She's not <laughs> trying to men. She also did a life coaching. She is actually who paid for my first ticket to Tony Robbins. Nice. Oh, yeah. So she's out there doing her thing. I've got this beautiful woman, Kelly Jackson. You know, she's out there trying to kill it in the real estate world, you know. So it's, we all just nurses. There's just a ton of people in my life that I'm just so incredibly grateful for. Shedding all of that dead weight has brought me so many gifts, so many gifts in the world. You know, my, my dearest friend, Jessica, who went through massage school with me, you know, she actually works for me part-time, you know, she does some of the work for me. She's amazing. Um, but she's a registered nurse and she's back in school for her master's degree. She came out of Tony Robbins last year. She went alone. I did not go with her and she came out what in the world? Cause she couldn't understand me when I came out. Yeah. She was just like, what? <laughs> Oh Lord, have mercy. She's, she's crazy. And then when she went, she got out, she was like, I get it. I get it now. You know? So, um, 
she's part of that network and we just keep, you know, and now her and I and my husband and all these people are going to go in six days. I think it's six or seven days from now. Mm -hmm. He's right down the street from my house. So we're going to stay at home and we're going to immerse ourselves for another 57 hours because I know that feeling that I got when I got there the first time and I'll get something new. I got some more things to come to the table because, you know, he says you can at UPW, he works on three things. Well, we all have way more than three things. I <laughs> things, So I'm taking back some other things that I need to, to continue to work on. Um, and eventually in hopes, well, that I'll get to date with destiny is going to be on my plate for maybe next year. <laughs> But, you know, with Tony Robbins, like you said, everyone comes out of there and all of a sudden they have all these ideas of like potentiality, you know, and people are like, how are you going to do it? And it's like, like you said, it's like that fifth dimension aspect of, you know, manifestation where it's like, I have no fucking idea. I just right. know that anything is possible. Are you ready to dive deeper into understanding the fifth dimension, how to quantum leap, and how to utilize the compound effect? These concepts are super trendy right now, but as someone who has experienced trauma and may still like a little bit of control, trusting blindly can be very difficult for me until I understood how it all works. Even I didn't know how I manifested my dream vehicle, home, man, my baby girl, and hitting six figures, but now I do. Every program I have ever taken on manifestation told me to feel energy and trust. I tried everything from being positive, gratitude lists, connecting with crystals, clearing my chakras, and following the moon cycles. I needed more than just to trust. I needed to know how and why. This is your warning sign though, that once you do learn this, You'll never look at energy and manifestation the same again. Dimensions is a three-day intensive where you will become equipped with the manifestation sequence. We will deep dive into how it works, how to stay in the vibe, and manifest your dream life, all for only $333. Join now by heading to the description for the link. I remember when I first came out I also purchased a ticket for um, a woman and then I bought my brother a ticket and he ended up at that point he wasn't ready for it and he's like that's a cult <laughs> <laughs> well I, I get him because I know. <laughs> on the way out to the walk of fire um, I kind of thought I might have joined a cult so I completely understand where your brother's coming from yeah. yes and you know that was four years ago now but you know, growing up in a home where my mom, like, she's like, I think the Gen X, I don't think she's quite a baby boomer, but, you know, has that idea of working the nine to five, you have the pension, you have the benefits, and you can start living once you retire. And for me, when, because by trade, I'm an x-ray tech, you know, when I started there and they're like, oh, do you want to be included in our retirement plan? I was like, fuck no, I'm not going to be here that long. That sounds like a terrible idea. Right. And, and my little brother, you know, over the years, like in the last four years, since I first talked to him about Tony Robbins, um, he's seen my own transformation. And, you know, I put that bug in his ear all the time where I'm just like, buddy, like 
anything is possible for you. You know, there's going to be people who tell you, you have to work the nine to five and all that. And finally, last year I said to him, like he was still living at home with my mom and he's eight years younger than me. But I said to him, like, you can't let other people hold you back. And other people aren't always going to support your beliefs or, you know, the drive that you have. They're not going to see the vision. Right. And I said to him, like, you know, you just, it's just that belief that like, sometimes we have to only believe in ourselves as hard as it is, you know? And I said, like, what do you want to do? And he said, well, I want to go school to school for like some, um, he's doing some video thing. And he's like, I want to go to college. It's a two-year thing. And I'm like, go do it. I said, at the end of the day, like, if it isn't for you, I said, it's something that you have in your toolkit. Like, you know, I'm still paying off my student loan debt. And like, I don't even (laughs) work in the hospital anymore. (laughs) And it's like, but that's okay. Because it was through working at the hospital that I saw all these people coming in who were stressed out. And I thought to myself, like, if I could help someone before they got to the hospital, you know, get to help them like go after their dreams before they experience all this stress and end up in the hospital, then, you know, this was, this was all worth it. And, you know, with you sharing about the breast implants, it's amazing how many women that I've actually heard share about that, you know, and having issues with them having to get them taken out. And I really liked what you said about, not changing ourselves. Because, you know, even with my daughter, she's three months old. And every morning, you know, I say to her, like, good morning, beautiful. And she like this morning, she just like biggest smile on her face. She's like, still stretching. And she's like doing her little baby stretch. (laughs) And it's like, she looks at me and like that big smile. And it's, you know, it's so early on, like we get to, you know, tell people that they're beautiful. Like there's yes one, one of the biggest things I've learned is that when someone gives me a compliment, and I think I talked about this on the boomerang effect episode, the abundant abundance of manifestation explained. Right. Um, it's that idea that when someone gives you a compliment, especially as women um, learning to accept it and not accept it. And for like, not even allowing ourselves to feel it, we just boomerang it back out to someone being like, you know, where they're like, Oh, I really like your hair today. And we don't even like allow it to like hit, you know, our bodies and to feel it before we're like, Oh, and I love your shoes or like, and I love your shirt. (laughs) Yes. It's very, very true. Absolutely. Um, speaking of, you know, little babies, like saying that to your child is so important, but my girlfriend, Jessica, the one that I sent last year, she has just decided she's not too much younger. She's younger than me, but she's still, you know, older. She has, her son is now, oh, good grief, like 21. Mm-hmm. And um, she just had a baby. She's two. Mm-hmm. And she is teaching her to say, I'm beautiful. I'm smart. And she will say that back to you. She'll look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful. I'm smart. And if people could just, just, that's it. You just teach this, teach this and keep teaching this, you Mm -hmm. know, because she has that chance now 
to nurture this little child, you know, and it's the cutest thing in the world. So when your baby gets to be that age, she'll start telling you I'm beautiful and I'm smart because Mm -hmm. she will know it. And it's going to be the most incredible feeling. She's not even, she's my goddaughter, but to hear her say those words, it's just incredible. You know, my daughter went through a lot with, um, with the divorce, with, you know, having, custody he had part custody of her for many years and um to say the least she was a means to hurt me you know so she went through her own set of abuse until I was able to I fought I fought for all these years and um 19 months ago I received full custody of her and she's thriving she's thriving um but she doesn't think she's beautiful some days, you know? So I'm having that struggle bus with having to teach her at this age, no matter what I told her when she was little, you know, it was ripped from her, you know, inside now. And, um, but every day we work on it, you know, and um, she's in therapy. She's been in therapy. Um, She's, we, we got her started with horses, So she has horse therapy, you know, she actually rides them, but that's therapy. You know, she plays volleyball now and she's kind of starting to like herself. She's becoming tone and, you know, she's a freshman in high school and that's always tough, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, it's complimenting and, and, and telling them and it's just perfect strangers. I'm, I love it. Ah, the first thing I do, I'm standing in line at Walmart or whatever. I'm like, Oh my God, I love your shoes. Like, where'd you get your <laughs> shoes? You know, I'm, I'm big. I talk a lot. I got a big mouth. So I try, to, <laughs> I try to put it to good use, you know, cause that was, again, the thing I was with this fab for 40. I literally put up all of my vulnerable pictures because I wanted everybody to know that I wasn't running because I think I'm beautiful and fabulous over 40. But why not? <laughs> I'm like, yes, why not? But at the end of the day, there really was a story behind it. So that's why I did it. But, um, but yeah, I think it's really important to put it out in the world, you know, because it really does come back full effect, full mm-hmm. effect, just, just getting somebody, even if they're not comfortable and complimenting you back, the smile that comes Mm -hmm. from someone that you just complimented because some people don't feel comfortable, you know, and it's sad because that's some kind of something that happened along the way where they don't, they don't receive compliments well. So Mm -hmm. you can see it on their face, but yet they still smile. And that smile gives me so much, you know, I take from that. I take that little bit of something and it's, it's good for me. good for them it was good for me and it was wonderful a wonderful little exchange you know Mm. so yeah it definitely has always has a boomerang effect whether it's the smile or the compliment I I completely agree yeah and you know with that whole thing too I really do think well you know every single person out there has something that they're insecure about right and you know I remember one of my coaches saying it, Melanie Ann Lair. Um, and I mean, I don't know if she's the one who came up with it, but it's that idea that like hurt people, hurt people, or sometimes hurt people change the world. And I really think, you know, like, you know, with this podcast, I always say like, I'm helping women like share a message so powerful that they can change the world. And sometimes it is just the little things of being out in public and maybe your message is just to compliment someone. And in that moment, they might not receive it. 
But when they get into their vehicle, you know, it's that question of like looking at themselves in the mirror and they're like, oh, maybe, maybe I do have like, you know, I am beautiful. Maybe I do have nice eyes like that person said, or a nice smile and, or beautiful energy or nice shoes. Right. And, you know, in the moment they might not know how to receive it, but it's, it's there, it's in the back of their mind. And, you know, what's the reason why they can't, you know, accept a compliment. Could it be something as simple as maybe she was a little girl growing up who believed she was beautiful. She had a mom who told her she was and people, and all of a sudden someone, the hurt people, hurt people, you know, was someone who like, you know, started to tell her, no, you're not. And so there's times that we believe that about ourselves, but then someone else starts to like, puts it in your mind that you should question it. Yeah. And you know, we get to help them question it the other way. Right. And I think that's so important for us as well, is that we do allow that to plant the seed because, you know, my boyfriend and I are like, we're both very stubborn as a lot of people like to say about us. And so I catch a lot of people telling my daughter like, oh, she's stubborn, just like, you know, if they know me really well, or if they know him really well. And I'm like, no, she's just strong. Yeah, she is. She's just strong. It's that's beautiful. Because um, yeah, I, you know, the more you say that, the more I remember people saying, you know, um, things like that, as my children were growing up, my my daughter was um, a little bit of a diva, she's more of a a tomboy now, but, but she was a little bit of a diva when she was little, you know, or she was sassy or something. And I think I remember I could go back with my son as well, where people hurt people, hurt people because they would actually, well, she's just like this, or he's just like that. No, no, not really. You know, they're both two very strong human beings. And I would, yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful way to put it is no, she's, she's just strong. I think that's amazing. And I think people don't even realize she's ugly. (laughs) Words matter. Words matter so much. And I tell my child this all the time. I, uh, with my daughter, I'm, you know, there's a lot of like, you're, 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 is this your only child? Yes. Okay. So you're very new. (laughs) Um, And it, it, I can't say that it doesn't get harder. It gets better. Older. So yeah, my first of my own. With my daughter, it being a teenager, you know, I'm trying to teach her all these different levels of things because I really do want her to understand at an early age that um, the things that it took me to my 40s to figure out, you know, and words matter. Words matter. I have some of the girls at my spa. I have one in particular who she thinks she, she jokes, but I every single time I'm like, stop that. Cause she will literally go, if she doesn't get something right, she'll go, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm retarded. You are not. I used to call myself that when I would make something dumb would happen or whatever. I have said that to myself. I have, you know, unknowingly put these things back into my own body, just as well as putting it into another human being. It's, it's, we don't realize what goes into our brains and sticks. We're sponges. We're mm-hmm. complete sponges and subconsciously. Yep. Absolutely. I tell them all the time it's inner talk. It's outer talk. It's yeah. Don't, don't say that. Don't do it. it, it if she's perfect. And you think she's perfect. Tell her she's perfect. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, tell her she's beautiful then. Um, but no, I don't think people, there are a lot of people out there that do not recognize what they do. You know, they haven't been down a path of growth or gone down rabbit holes and figured out, you know, <laughs> psychology and God only knows what else meditation. And, you know, I have a burn bowl. I have a burn bowl where I burn. I burn all the time. My girlfriend taught me how to burn. You know, I'm like, I have people that look at me like I'm bonkers. <laughs> you know, I I remember the first time my, my husband, who was not my husband at the time, <laughs> found me. I was really going through it. And, um, I, I couldn't get out of my head. There were a lot of things going on because it still happens. I might be totally optimistic and running through the world with this reckless optimism, I say, (laughs) but I have moments and I went out to the yard and I, it was like midnight and I just sat out real quietly. We live in a, like two, almost two acres of land. And I had my bowl and I was just writing stuff down. I was dropping it in the bowl and I was burning it. And I heard something from behind me and I, God bless his heart. He was standing on the porch going, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't worry, babe, go back to bed. I'm burning stuff. And he's like, <laughs> oh, Okay. He now understands years later what I mean by when I'm going to burn some stuff, but he was just like, what the hell, you know? So I get people that look at me like I'm kooky and I I don't care. You know, I know it's real. I know that the things that I've manifested have come to fruition and I understand that what manifesting means. And a lot of people don't understand what manifesting means. So you can manifest into your child thoughts. You can manifest lots of things. You know, I manifested a car and it didn't mean that I just said, I'm going to have this car one day. You know, (laughs) I put it in my phone. I put it, you know, in places where I could see it so that it opened my brain up to where my, you know, brain started working on how I was going to get these things done. I put Mm -hmm. that car in my phone two years ago and that car sits out back right now. For the Mm -hmm. very first time in my life, I bought my very first brand new car. And yeah, and I just did that. I've had it not even a month and a half. (laughs) And so people can look at me like I'm kooky and whatever. But no, we we need to manifest into people that they are beautiful. Manifest, it it, it works. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to work if it's bad. It's not nice talk, you know, but um each person that we come in contact, hopefully it, it becomes that, um, that domino effect mm-hmm. where maybe that person will take it to the next person and the next person. And, you know, um, it will just float through the world like that. There's no, I'm, I'm, I'm wrecked. I'm recklessly optimistic, but I'm also realistic. Um, do I think I'll ever see an entire world change? No, not in my lifetime, not in our lifetime, but you know, whatever piece that we can do while we're here, Mm -hmm. why would we be doing it? You know, why would, why wouldn't we try to pass it on so that, you know, maybe someone will hear this podcast one day and it'll get back to her and she won't make those mistakes anymore because they are mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know, they don't know any better. Some people do. There's some ugly people in the world, but for the most part, not really. They're just people who don't know any better. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't. They were, they haven't gone through it yet. They haven't, they haven't um, found the growth train, I call it, um, sometimes <laughs> because 
it's boxes. You know how a train has all different boxes? Mm-hmm. They are boxes of each different types of growth because there's a ton of them. You know, so this is a train that runs through the entire world. It's got plenty of it behind you. And I think maybe I've only visited three. So <laughs> you, you never stop learning. You never stop growing. You know, um, that mindset is amazing. But um, I go off on tangents a lot. <laughs> but, but, you know, I really like that train analogy because it's like, you know, I mean, we've shared a bit about it, right? Like how we have all these different situations happen in our life and we think they're in one of those boxes of the train. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, it's all connected, you know, and it's so funny because one of the big things I always talk to my clients about is the ripple effect, how you're never going to know how many lives you've impacted. But, you know, by me working with different women, like you said, being on the podcast, um, you know, by sharing, you know, different stories with people, it creates that ripple effect in the world. And there's going to be people that we, we touch without even realizing it. And, you know, I like what you were saying about the burn bowl. Cause with my boyfriend, um, he he used to think, I mean, he still thinks I'm crazy, but, um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but like I had like, um, with every new moon and full moon, I go put water out on the earth, like in a water bottle. And I also put my crystals out there. And in the beginning, he would just be like, you're like, you're fucking nuts. And now, (laughs) now it's so funny because um, we were walking, this was this summer, we were walking and I said, um, I was like, oh, I need to put my crystals out tonight. And he goes, just naturally, like off the top of his head, oh, is it a new moon or a full moon? (laughs) It's like, it made me laugh. (laughs) <laughs> we bleed on to each other. The five most important things people you hang out with are the mm-hmm. people you turn into. Hence my husband, all of a sudden, I want to go to Tony Robbins. You're like, what? <laughs> I, it does. It's a ripple effect. I completely agree with that. It really is. The world is a ripple effect and you might as well be a good piece of it. You know, mm-hmm. rippling through the world. I have learned little tricks that I, I, um, I have heard people say this and I have seen people post it on social media. For instance, um, they'll say things like, oh, not everybody's life is so perfect. They're only putting out perfect into the Facebook world. I look at that from a different perspective. If you were to go through, if you haven't already been on my profiles, they are very positive. I don't complain. I don't Oh, think for one second. I just put out there that I've been sick for three years. Okay. My life's not perfect. Am I putting a fake book, Facebook? No, I'm not. You know what I'm doing? I'm putting positivity out there because I learned through Tony Robbins and through other reasons, other resources that the algorithm on your Facebook If you put negativity out there, it's going to hand it right back to you. It's about tenfold. And on the Joe Rogan podcast, um, he had Mark Zuckerberg on there. And when there's the mad faces, when people put the mad faces, they actually have it set up that it does not register in the algorithm to boost the post because they only do want positivity. Yes. And it's crazy. When I learned that, I learned several things, which I 
I'm tempted to not say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's just who I am. I learned that. So every time I put positivity out there, it gives me back positive. So in reality, if you look at my Facebook right now, it's like puppies, kittens and positivity. It's just great. <laughs> it's fantastic. But on top of that, you know, I started to have people that I was disconnecting from. And when I first started disconnecting, I started unfriending and I didn't know people would even notice they noticed (laughs) like, oh, and I'm one of those people where I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, like, you know, what have you. And then one day somebody said to me, you know, you can unfollow people and they don't know and they don't go off of your Facebook. They just go out of your algorithm. So you can no longer see their negativity or whatever it is, or going on there talking about how, you know, they beat their kids today because they wouldn't shut up for 10 minutes or whatever it was. And I was like, huh. So I went in and I found lots of things to unfollow. So these are the little tricks that I did to keep positive because I noticed that the moment I see something, I can keep scrolling, you know, because I see very little of it. I'm I'm the kind of person where I'm just going to keep scrolling. I'm not engaging in that, you know, whatever. But now it's like almost nothing. So people are like, I hate Facebook. It's nothing but "Mm, not mine. I'm good. Yeah. You know, they're just little tricks that I learned along the way. You know, I love these people. Some of those people I unfollowed are people that would be surprised. You know, they they might even be a family member. But at the same time, I love you, but I have to love you from a distance because I can't, you know, be negative. I can't live in a negative world. If I lived in a negative world that I lived in once upon a time, I wouldn't be able to run the things that I'm running now. You know, the household that I'm running, my daughter and my spa and the 13 beautiful women that work for me, you know, and I don't even think they work for me. Honestly, they work with me. This might be my place, but they work with me because um, when they're here, they could tell you that I'm folding sheets. I'm, you know, I'm doing the same things they're doing. You know, I'm doing the best I can to help them when they need their bed made. I'm in here doing it. So they work with me, you know, so um You just got to empower everyone that you come into, no matter how you do it, whether it's as small as telling them they're beautiful, or if it's as big as handing them two books to go Mm -hmm. read, because you realize you need these more than I do right now. I don't need these anymore. You know, and I've handed it off. And the cool thing about that book, you know, there's a few people, if they listen to this, they'll know right away that book, because that particular book has gone to more than a half a dozen women. It's the same book. It's been mailed to New York and mailed back to me when they were done. It's old and you can see some of the writings in it. So when I handed it to her, I'm like, you can keep the boundary book, but the safe people has to come back because I have to be able to keep passing that around. Because if I look back at it, the last person who touched it, it took her two years, but she has finally come to the other side. And if she listens today, she'll know who she is. Mm-hmm. because she is on the other side of it now and I mailed that book to her and she mailed it back so there's a lot of good juju on that book you mm-hmm. know so paying it forward pay it forward for mm-hmm. sure and it really is like you shared like the energetics of it and you know those people that we surround ourselves with one of the things I was thinking about especially like with our children how or people who do believe that they're beautiful because you know 
like, you know, with the sassy piece or whatever, like some people are like, yeah, that is who I am, you know? And there's going to be people, even though we tell our kids these things, that they're going to plant the seed of, you know, you're just being, you know, vain or whatever. But like you said, like these people just don't know better. And it's being able to in, you know, stand with people who are going to help you rise in those moments that someone does come up and tell you, hey, you're not enough. And, you know, I like when you were sharing just that energetic of putting it out there and it coming back or um, also your pieces around manifestation, right? Manifestation really is, you know, where we decide that we want something, we put it out there. And as long as we are focused on, you know, the belief and it's the aligned action towards those things. And so, you know, you were sharing that you're going to do a like spa, like vision board. And one of the things that I see so many people do with vision boards is they'll do it and then they never look at it. You know, it was like a, just a thing on their to-do list. And it's like the reason that we do any sort of visualization, meditation, manifestation is so that you can start training your body to feel it and to feel that energy as if it's already happened. Like, how would I feel when this comes in and being able to close your eyes and, you know, be like, oh, it's already mine. And then we make the aligned moves, right? Right. No, absolutely. With the vision board, um, it started a few years ago for me because I learned about vision boards Mm -hmm. and I immediately went straight to my daughter Mm -hmm. and two of them, we made them together and hers is still in her room. It sits right on her desk where she is forced to see it every day that she sits down to do her homework. And I wish I had a photograph for you. There's words on it that say strong. There are words, you know, um, they're just different things on that board that I look at her now. And I'm like, those all came to fruition. You know, there was a piece where she wanted to get into this equine program um, because it was not easy to get into. And she uh, she's there. She's doing it. It's on that board. And I remind her all the time. I'm like, it's on that board. Um, When we write things down, we solidify it to paper, just like Tony says, you know, um, to be the dead horse, Tony Robbins. Um, I, I went out earlier and I grabbed this. There's this little book right here. Don't be a lady, be a legend. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Heather, the one who bought my ticket to Tony Robbins, she gave me this book. I want to say um, probably about three or four months before we went. I'm um, a big proponent of saying, um, uh, first of all, she, she called me one day. I'll give you an example. And I was on the 95 in the car and she's like, you want to go to Tony Robbins? Sure. I'm a big proponent of sure. And then what are we doing? I say yes before anything. I'm like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, what is it we're doing again? Yeah. So I'm a big proponent of that. I don't care what it, it let's do it. I'm done there. I'm in. Um, so she did. And she gave me this book and I started writing in it after, you know, Tony Robbins because Tony Robbins was the 11th. Actually, I started writing on it. As you can see, I know they can't see, but it says November 13th. 2019. And, yep. This was, uh, we started the Tony Robbins on November 11th. Mm-hmm. 
So I was still in the seminar. Okay. And I started putting things back in this book. I opened it, but you, when you automatically open up to a notebook, we automatically open up to the empty pages mm-hmm. and we writing again. Well, I was having my coffee and the book accidentally opened to the first page. And about a week ago when I was looking at it and I was like, Oh my God, look, November. And I started nostalgia and I'm looking at it and I'm like, November 13th. No, look at all these things. There's daddy's girl from paying the peace. There's my spa. And then I'm going, Oh my God, I did all of these things. And I started looking at it. There's only one thing in this book that I have not done yet, but it was more like a five year. It's been three years because I knew it wouldn't come right away there. You know, there's things when you manifest, you have to put those building blocks. And the one thing in this book that I did not accomplish, I have not accomplished yet is I want to open a home for abused women. Um, my thought process was behind it was basically, you know, um, abused women, a detox facility. Like my mind was all over the place because my sister died. She was abused. My sister died of drugs. So I wasn't really sure how that was going to correlate or where that was going to come in, but it's still in here. It's still in here and it's not done yet because that was more like the five years, because how do you do that without a business or money or, or funds or whatever. So I realized I'm like, I'm almost there. I'm, I'm almost to that piece of my book. So that's a big part of manifesting, you know, is putting it down and looking at it and solidifying it to paper mm-hmm. and um, putting it in your phone, a picture in your phone, or, you know, some people like to put things on their refrigerator door because they're forced to see it every single day. My husband and I were driving down um, to Fort Lauderdale the other day on Sunday and a Ferrari went by. Now, granted, we're in a great place right now. We're just we're revamping another new company. And, you know, he could do lots of things. But he's like, oh, that's the car I want. And he was just kind of like because he's a car guy and a motorcycle guy. So I looked at him and I said, well, why don't we take a picture of it and put it on our refrigerator? And he looked at me. He's like, what? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) why not? You look at that car every single solitary day. I guarantee you, you of all people will have that car one day and Mm -hmm. one day because that's, that's manifesting and that's vision boards. And yeah, I just, I think I came up with it. I don't know how, I think somebody gave me the idea and then I branched out on that vision board going, my girls, somebody, I don't know who said it's a great team building exercise. And I was like, I have a team. (laughs) I'm going to take that team and we're going to come here and we're going to drink some wine. We're going to have a great time, build this great vision board. And we're going to put it in the back of the spa where they are forced to look at it every time they come in, which it goes back to how do I empower these women? Where does that come from? And the family that we've become. So, yeah, it's actually, you know, they, they don't quite know it yet, but we're going to do a vision board night. You know, we've done a couple of things where we've gone out and I've treated them to, well, I didn't even end up treating them. Somebody else paid, but there was a dinner that we had with all of them getting to know each other. And and I do these things periodically because I want them to, to love each other while they're in here, you know, because how many times do people work at jobs where there's like four people that they do this, they mm-hmm. can't, they are, oh my God, the energy 
We don't have that here. And all of our clients feel it when they come through the door. It, if you go on Google, we have almost 90 in one year, 95 star reviews. We are five stars across the board. And if you re read them, they will all tell you the, the amazing atmosphere inside that place. I tell these girls every day, I did not do this alone. You did this. Those people, they come for you. They love you. They love your energy what you do for them. Mm -hmm. So that's how, you know, they're paying it forward and learning some of the things that they didn't know existed. Some of them didn't know about Tony Robbins or how this, you know, but as they've learned me over the year, they've learned, wow, this is really cool. You know, they didn't just walk into a job where this woman who's had a bank account her whole life opened up. You know, mm -hmm. I started this with $0. I didn't even know what I was going to do. We, we made it work. You know, mm -hmm. so they get empowered from that. Um, and it's, it's an incredible feeling. It's an incredible feeling, you know, and it's, it's not narcissistic. It's not ego driven. It's just, it's my whole heart mm -hmm. is what it's my whole heart. People will tell me, God, this place is so beautiful. I took advantage of COVID you know, I mean, you want to talk about people looking at you like you're crazy. Mm -hmm. My husband and I both opened these companies during COVID. I opened a business that I touch people during COVID. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people looked at me like, what are you thinking? And I told them when COVID goes away, because it will, people are going to need to be touched more than ever, than ever, ever, ever before. And I was right. Mm -hmm. And they come here by the handfuls, you know, and my husband's business was more essential. They call it essential, you know, because he did drones and one of his big contracts is FPL. So he was more of an essential. And I really got annoyed with that essential thing. I'm essential. Everybody's mm -hmm. essential. We're all essential. Mm -hmm. Okay, stop talking about essential. Okay, mm -hmm. because people are putting that out in the world to where I hear on the radio now, because um, I know we don't have much longer, but they're actually advertising college for essential careers. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? No, 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 no. I'm essential. Your podcast is essential. Mm -hmm. You. This is just, but they're manifesting that into children now. They're oh, for sure. There's so yes. many subliminal, like subliminal oh. messages. So don't you tell my child that she has to go get something essential. She's going to do what she's going to do no matter what. And it's going to be essential to the world in some way, shape or form. It's mm -hmm. that simple, you know? Um, but yeah, it's manifesting is huge, huge, mm -hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> Well, and, you know, within Canada, they, with their essential things that they were doing, it was like, everything was essential. Um, you know, they like not where the province that I'm in, but I know in Ontario, they were literally blocking parts off in Walmart being like, you can't buy these things at Walmart because they're not considered essential. And so there was people who couldn't even like get towels or anything like that. Oh and then, um, you know, here where I am, it's like the liquor store was considered essential. And then oh. they went, then they went through, well, if you're vaccinated, then you can go into the liquor store. So it was only essential 
for the people who were vaccinated and not the people who weren't. Oh, gracious. So it was just like crazy. And I was at a comedian last night and he was talking about how the Toronto Star literally had in their paper how the people who lived alone, if they're struggling with that human contact or people touching them, he they said to hold your hands on your body as if you're hugging yourself to lay on the floor and rock yourself back and forth because then it will feel like a hug. And the comedian said, so you're literally telling these people to do the same thing as if they were caught on fire because of the stop, drop and roll. And like, oh my oh, God, I, I just <laughs> burnt out, burst out laughing. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. And so, you know, like you said, with the essential stuff, it is, you know, everyone has all these different ideas and you made the comment about realistic earlier. And that's one of the biggest things I always say to my clients when someone, anytime someone says the word realistic, I always ask the question of realistic for who? Because someone who's living on the streets, someone like myself, or someone who is a billionaire, we have all different like ideas of what our reality is. Yes. Yeah. I would have to agree with that. I've never looked at it that it's from that perspective. But when I speak of realistic, it's realistic for my, where I'm at, Mm -hmm. you know, when my doctor looked at me and and said to me, you know, I, you know, I can't tell you, you have breast implants illness. And I said, no, I'm realistic. I get it. I, that was my reality. I do understand that, that it's not technically recognized by the FDA, mm-hmm. but I, I was okay with it, you know? So yeah, it was coming from my perspective, you know? Um, so yeah, everybody has, everybody sees through their own filter, mm-hmm. you know, they, they literally, you know, you can have three people in the room and they're all watching the same exact seminar and they're all three getting some completely different message. Mm-hmm. I see it on Facebook sometimes where you, it's hard. It's very, very, very difficult to take something negative from my page. Mm-hmm. It is so incredibly, ridiculously optimistic and, and fluffy <laughs> that but every once in a while, I will still see somebody come from their reality and they will hit it and read. And I go, where did they get that from? That's <laughs> Realistically for them, that meant something completely different. So, yeah, yeah, I would have to agree. Each person has their own um, realistic vision or version of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even when I first launched launched my podcast, and I said that the name was Make Life Your Bitch. Like, yeah, I had a couple women like get angry about and unfriend me because they're like, what does that even mean? And it's like, we're not for everyone. And the other thing I've really learned is that my my beliefs are not usually my, like came, they didn't usually come from me. It's somebody else said something in order for that belief to become my own and it also gives me that opportunity when I think of it that way, that I can release that belief because it's not my own. And when I think of it that way, um, like on my Facebook with my bio, it says with the women that I help, it's breaking through their own glass ceiling. It's not yeah. the glass ceiling or someone else's it's- glass ceiling. It's like your own because each one of us is different. And it's, yep. you know, I always say like, and I put my hands on my head and I'm like, this belief, this belief, this belief, like, 
as like, if you move your hands away and you remove those beliefs, it's like, you look up at the sky and like beyond and like anything becomes possible for you. Yes. The limiting beliefs are just, um, crazy. I didn't, um, a little tiny tidbit on my uh, limiting belief of it. One, one of the many, um, that I didn't realize until after I came home and was home for about a week after Tony Robbins, I realized I had one of the most dangerous limiting beliefs in my opinion and in my reality, Mm -hmm. because as a child, my, my mother would say something and I know that my mother did not mean any harm by it. And she did not mean what it sounded like to me, but she would say, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how, when, where, or who, but I used to get, Ooh, gross. I didn't like that saying it sounded like you were taking from somebody else. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. why that got stuck in my head, but it did for years years. And when I got out and I started thinking, cause you settle down, the crap wears off after <laughs> we get that you start to melt into the world again. And you start to, you know, become, I don't want to say normal cause I'm never normal, but, uh, you start to level out. Um, I thought about that, that for a minute. And, um, I said to myself, I'm like, Tony said to put yourself in the right room. It means mm-hmm. the same thing it means the same thing that my mother said but you know how many missed opportunities I must have had thinking that that was wrong it was a limiting belief you know and it was like wow that's incredible you know so the one that was the one the the other one that was the most dangerous was um I would say to myself And I remember saying these, um, a lot of times during my marriage, if I did something wrong or something was, what's wrong with you? This was Mm -hmm. said to me as a child, what's wrong with you? And I said that to myself as an adult, I would say, God, Candace, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You can put that on everything. You can put that, what is wrong with you on your relationship? You can put that on, you know, how you cooked your dinner, um, how you got to the grocery store, whether or not you walked down the streets, that fits every single thing in your life. And I said that to myself, that was a limiting belief because it made me think there was something wrong with me. You know, um, again, it goes back to words matter, you know, and limiting beliefs and beliefs and how people see things and the different filters. And, um, I just want to get that across to as many people as I can that, um, the world doesn't have to look as crummy as it does through some of the filters they're looking for, you know, they need to just kind of pull those off and see it from new perspectives and, um, life gets better. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not telling everybody go out and open up a spa, go out and write books, <laughs> go out and, you know, kick breast implant illness and, 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 and join contests, but in their own reality, do their own thing, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is. Yeah. And as you were saying that, you know, the same thing goes for the question that you could ask yourself is like, what's good with you? you know? Absolutely. What is good. And, and you know what, I actually going back a little bit right before Tony Robbins in August, I went to Tony Robbins in November happenstance. I, there's a Facebook group that we're in. It's called, um, it's a gratitude group and it's a, it's grateful. 
Um, and this person I did not know, um, my dear friend, Melanie, who passed away in April of last year, um, she came to me one day on a bike ride and she's like, you know, my girlfriend opened this page and do you want to join it with me? And I'm like, sure. Again, sure. What are we doing? And she's like, okay, I'll add you. And she added me. This was three years ago. And I write my gratitude on that page. That page is over. It's a private group because people can be you know, ugly, but mm -hmm. we've added over the years, I've added certain people and I've watched them start writing their gratitude. So it's a, what is good about me? What is good mm -hmm. about my day? What happened today? What makes me special gratitude? What am I grateful for? I'm grateful for my voice or I'm grateful for this. And I've been writing in that group damn near daily for three years. And so have hundreds of other people. And it's so amazing. It's one of the first things I do when I open up my phone in the morning, I go straight to the gratitude page. I mm -hmm. have my coffee, I write my gratitude, and it can be, you know, the smallest thing to the biggest thing, you know, or something that happened or somebody did something or someone I'm grateful for. But it is, it is what is good about me? What is good? What is when what am I doing that's good? You know, so it's about looking inside of what you're grateful for. What are you doing that you can be grateful for? You know, um, absolutely. You can ask yourself that. That's a great question. I mm -hmm. did not do that for a lot of years. And I would say with the gratitude that that's kind of where that changed. Maybe mm -hmm. a little before Tony that I stopped saying, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You know, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with, you know, anybody who makes mistakes in life. You know, as long as you're writing your mistake, your, you know, your, your mistakes, your changing your behavior and you're out there doing the best that you can to change, even if you're not accomplishing it, God bless you. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with you. Yeah. So the, yeah, this is what I want for my story to tell to yeah. whoever it gets to. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And so with all of your positivity and, you know, people obviously need your page, um, how can people find you? Okay. So on Instagram, I am under C Provenzano at C Provenzano. Um, that is my personal, um, Instagram page, which is also my personal positivity story in mm -hmm. photographs. Um, they can find me on Instagram at healing hands, um, with an underscore, uh, MSTC, which um, they can find me there. They can find me on Facebook as Candace Provenzano. Um, I also have, you know, they can, once they find me to the main ones, I can hook them up with the other ones um, if they so want to. Um, but the two main places to find me are Instagram, C Provenzano, and then Facebook, Candace Provenzano. And I have also, through my journey, um, after my marriage ended, I hid from the world. I hid what I did on Facebook. I was scared of, you know, repercussions. And when I finally opened up, every single solitary page I own is public. Mm -hmm. Everything I put out there is public. There is nothing I hide. I have nothing to hide. So they're easy to find because they are all public. Mm -hmm. So um, they can, that's where they can find me. 
My website also for Healing Hands um, is uh, healinghandswellington.com, which takes you to my spa, which again, if you're not in Wellington, Florida to visit my spa, we do have products. Um, I'm, a, I'm a representative of Jan Marini, who's been in business for 30 plus years. She's an amazing product. You can get my link right on my website and buy the products, the products I've been using for years there. She's wonderful. They fix so many things. It's a medical grade product. So they could do that if they like. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, that's, and hopefully soon there'll be a link up where they can find my books. That's you know, awesome. That's where that'll be next. That's amazing. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and for those of you listening, go out there and make life your bitch. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. I'm so grateful. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with your bestie. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, feedback, or compliments that you want to throw like confetti, you can reach me directly at podcast at makelifeyourbitch.co. Thanks for listening.